Hi everyone, my name is Ankit Jain. Hi, Meera Daya. Uh, and today's podcast, we have Vrunda Patel. Vrunda Patel is a recent graduate from UC Irvine, and she graduated with a degree in chemical engineering. So we're going to be talking about her experience graduating during a pandemic and what her next steps are and how her journey has gone so far. Uh, so Vrunda, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Hey guys, how are you? Um, my name is Vrunda Patel and I just graduated from UCI with my chemical engineering major with the specialization in energy and environment and a minor in uh, management. So that's a little bit about my educational background. From there, I actually learned a lot about what chemical engineering was. When I got into UCI, I didn't really know that much about chemical engineering. But now that I come out, it's a field that if you want to go into vast industries, try to learn, be able to apply your knowledge in many different ways. That's something that if you want to do that, you should go into chemical engineering as long as you like the critical thinking behind it as well. Um, so I learned my favorite industries through there were process controls and wastewater. I'll definitely dive into that later for you guys. I also love um, crocheting and making gifts to my friends, making puzzles. Those are some hobbies that I have, cooking. That's a little bit about myself. That's cool. Awesome. That's, yeah, it's awesome. I love that you like cooking. <laughs> um, I've gotten into cooking now. I didn't know that during college. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. So uh, I guess since we talked a little bit about your educational background, how has uh, COVID impacted like your goals for this year and how you graduated and how you're navigating that? Yeah, so my goals for this year, I basically wanted to be employed by now, wanted to go into the industry. I was never looking into grad school um, as I was exiting college, my bachelor's, but now that everybody's on hiring freezes, managers aren't really getting back to us, it's much, much harder to get into a company because I've heard many stories from many different people, they were about to get a job. And then it got retracted because their COVID happened and now they want to go internal instead of external. So I've been hitting a lot of snags. I know, though, there's still hope. I've heard a lot of my classmates who have gotten jobs and everything as external positions. One of my really close friends just got one down in Riverside. So I know there's hope. I just need to get that straight lightning struck for me. So that's a little, so it's getting a little tougher. So that's why I decided to actually enroll in a master's program and I recently got accepted. Yeah. Um, And so that's one path that I want to go in, but I'm also getting interviews from different jobs. So we'll see what happens. That's awesome. Congrats on getting into the program. Um, I think another question is like, what inspired you to go into chemical engineering as a field? Like what was your main inspiration behind pursuing that? So as a senior in high school, you will never really know what you want to do in the future. I'm sure when you go into college, there's many people who change their majors a gazillion times. I did. Better. Same. Yeah. See, see? And it's better to change your major rather than being stuck in something that you don't want to do. Rather, it's better to take the extra year mm-hmm. and switch your major. But for me, I was like, okay, I really love chemistry and I like math but I don't want to be in the lab all day. That's what I think of when I think of a chemistry major. And that's true. I've seen all my chemistry friends become lab assistants and all that. I didn't want to go into bio because yeah, I was interested in it, but it wasn't something that just like touched me. 
So since senior year of high school, I ended up taking physics and I love the critical thinking behind that. And from there, I was like, oh, math, physics, chem, an engineer. Wow, maybe I should do that. Yeah. <laughs> but little did I know about chemical engineering. So it's very different from what you would expect. That's super cool. It's very intense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I like that you were saying how you didn't want to be in a lab because I also, I was a biotech major and I just did not want to be in a lab. So I like that you figured that out. Like, okay, well I can take my math and chemistry and put it together and be an engineer. Yeah. That's ironic because I also worked as a chemistry lab stockroom assistant during my undergrad. And it's not that I didn't like it. Like it was fun. I gained a whole bunch of skills, but that also helped me like solidify the fact that I don't want to be doing this for the rest of my life. Can you talk more about that experience? Because I think um, it would be super interesting to know like what you did during the lab experience, which kind of like made you like the engineering aspects and hands-on experience even more. Yeah, so I've taken many labs, undergraduate, like general chemistry labs. I've taken organic chemistry labs. And then I've taken unit operations laboratory. So that's a specific chemical engineering laboratory. So those are all classes. And then I've also done my job, which was a chemical laboratory assistant. So I've worked on two different floors in Roland Hall at UCI. So that's our lab uh, building for all the er, listeners who don't know. And one floor is specific for organic chemistry, which is what I ended up, the floor that I ended up in. And then there's another floor specific for un, or upper division labs and has many different labs running. So through there, I got to learn a lot of techniques like laboratory techniques that I would not have learned because I was not taking any of those classes mm -hmm. and the fact I switched between two different floors allows me to gain even more because now it's a different like aspect of chemistry that I can learn from right. and then another part for my chemistry laboratory skills that I got through my lab, the unit operations lab, solidified that I wanted to be an engineer because of all the hands-on engineering that I did. Through those, I did many labs in different engineering topics, and it basically tied all the past two years. So I took it in my senior year, so my junior year and my sophomore year engineering courses and concepts together in a lab. So I saw them in action, and I was like, whoa, like connecting, and it was like mind-blowing, so... So, so I know you had a, so I know you had like a capstone project for your uh, like undergrad degree at UCI. Mm -hmm. um, what type of experience did you gain with that? Many, many positive experiences. So for that capstone project, it was my senior design. For chemical engineering, senior design is a little different than other engineers because I know BME, CEE, so BME is biomedical engineering, CEE is civil engineering. They have they're able to go and have a actual industry mentor. So you'll be partnered up with the actual company. And they, you might have been after graduating exit into that company or entry into that company. However, for chemical engineering, you can't do that because you can't really, I guess, perform a bunch of these. Un they could be unsafe if people or students don't know how right. to perform these labs properly so that they can be unsafe. So we have to do, or very costly. So we had to do our senior design project in two quarters. One quarter was to learn a design software called Pro2 on the computer. 
that basically designs uh, the actual flow of the process that's going to happen so the flow of the fluid that's going to go through what equipment's going to go through and then the second quarter which was the senior year spring quarter which turned everything online mm-hmm. to make it slightly harder but it was still manageable we had to be in a team and basically we were given specifications and guidelines and we had to create a refinery type like crude oil distillation unit so it's one unit that would be seen in a refinery okay and we had to create that on the diagram on it, the software pro 2 basically showing where the crude oil comes in what equipment is being used we had to specify the temperatures in each equipment so if there were heat exchangers we had to specify how many what type um there's different like equipment within it aka sizings and stuff how long you want it how like diameter wise mm-hmm. other design specifications that we had to do mm-hmm. for those and from there i learned how the process worked and how engineers would go through this design process and then those design choices have to be used through a cost analysis as well so cost analysis basically shows if you were to use like a 30 foot i don't know distillation tower um how much would that cost versus two 20 feet you know something like that mm-hmm. you can break it up I mean, you can't actually break up the solution <laughs> tower, so that's not a correct example. But, yeah, something like that. So you would basically go through all the steps that an engineer would do in a process like this when they were given a project. And it was really interesting to learn how to, like the actual steps, how to put the design on Pro 2, make one with actual control designs. So that's another design um i keep saying design i know i'm sorry um <laughs> design paper like or design map so one just shows instruments one shows it with the controls and cost analysis basically like all the steps it was just really cool it was very i think crazy. it's super cool that you could do like basically implement what you learned in classes in a real life experience and i think Mira and i also are getting that opportunity in our caption project which we have just started like last week at this point now oh wow yeah, it seems like a super immersive, uh, even though it's like online and virtual, it seems like a really good experience and could really help for your job in the future. So, yeah, yeah, that would be very, very useful. It wasn't until senior year that all these classes mm-hmm. came together, though. So that was really cool. That's super cool. Yeah, so I, I bet I was going to say, I bet that really helps with your confidence. Because I think that one thing that lacks from some majors is you don't really get this immersive experience. So you're kind of thrown out there and you don't know what you're supposed to do. So that I am, I'm thinking capstone yeah. projects really help with that. Agreed. Yeah, In to, to some degree, yeah, because then you're more, I guess, knowledgeable on the processes that happen, that take place in an engineer's life, yeah. Agreed. Yeah, so um, I guess the... Another thing you might have mentioned was that you were taking a, a test for chemical engineering. So I was just going to ask, like, what are some areas that you're curious about in your field and like the steps you've taken for like researching or pursuing projects like like you took the test? Is that something because you're curious about or can you explain a little bit more so of that? The, the actual exam is for engineers. It's kind of a little confusing. I know for pharmacists, they would have to take a license exam at the end of their um, entire mm-hmm. grad school to become licensed in, in order to practice but right. I know if you're in the industry you don't actually need that license to practice to because you're not physically giving meds you know mm-hmm. well for engineering it's uh 
kind of similar, but not really. In a sense where once you're once you get your bachelor's degree, you're an engineer. You can practice engineering. Mm-hmm. However, with this exam, it's a two part exam. So you take your fundamentals of engineering, your FE in whatever fundamentals of engineering. Okay. The FE exam, yeah. You take that exam in whatever field you, I guess, got your degree in. I took mine in the chemical, chemical FE. And then after that, once you pass it, you apply for an EIT, which is an engineering in training. It's a certificate. It shows that you possess the knowledge in order to be basically an engineering training, the pathway to become a professional engineer. Okay. Yeah, so since you passed that chemical FE, or since I passed that chemical FE, I possess the knowledge to become a chemical engineer. Um, but what's tricky is after I get that, I need at least, I think it's like three years at least experience in professional or like professional grad school or actual industry experience. And then I need to take another exam for to become a PE, a professional engineer. But that isn't as specific as a civil test, the chemical test. It can be in more industry-based, as in there is a process controls test. They probably do have ones of chemical engineers. I haven't fully looked into the exact ones I want to take because okay. I'm not that far. But yeah, they do have more specific tests like that. Well, then once you become a PE, what you can do with that is it is obviously good pay bump, you know. Who doesn't want that? But you can sign off on designs uh, in the actual plant that you work in. Okay. Saying that you acknowledge that this is a safe and coherent design. It will work well. And if you just come out with a bachelor's, you won't be able to be in managerial positions like that. Okay. That's kind of like a difference. And most chemis don't take this exam. But it's needed for civil engineers when they want to go into wastewater and others. So civil engineers and Mechanical engineers, they take this more, but chemists don't really need it. I think that's super cool because it's it's kind of giving you an upper hand, especially in applying for jobs during the pandemic. And I kind of oh. definitely uh, can relate to you on the fact that, so I entered UCI as an electrical engineering major and changed to like business information management and informatics. But I think I definitely didn't know about this exam earlier. And I think it's a, it's a pretty good opportunity for people to gain like an upper hand and kind of get an get insight into applying for jobs as well later on. Uh, I yeah, think I didn't know about this earlier either until I went to a career info session. So. That's super cool. I think um, you kind of got this advice at a career fair. So what is some advice which you would want to give to someone who is trying to go into chemical engineering, something which you might have received or something you kind of might have experienced during your time at UCI? Like what is something which you would want to advise them with? So for me, something that really was beneficial to go through at least school, and then that would help me later on to grasp the knowledge was during my senior year of high school, I was kind of thrown into physics C, which is the calculus-based physics, without learning any other physics or any calculus. Like I didn't have the math needed for it or any physics, but I was thrown into this class. And I stayed in this class like, yeah, I got C's or I guess a B because of a project, but still, like, I still did really bad. I didn't pass the H test, but going through that, I realized that the skills I gained in that class, it was taught by a newly graduated Berkeley professor, and so he said, whenever you do any physics or engineering type problems, you have to write out the math, but in symbol form, and that 
like you first hear this and you're like what does that mean basically if you're doing pi r squared right like the area of a circle if mm-hmm. you're using formulas like that you want to isolate the variable that you're looking for with variable so you would have to isolate r in that formula so if you're looking for the radius with the symbols and then you plug in all the numbers and most people don't know this and most people don't do this that's what i've learned when i went through college and that's something that's very 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 useful when you're actually going through your bachelor's because you go through the math so much you might know like a number here and there and then Mm -hmm. if you already multiply them by the time you get to the answer and you get an incorrect answer you don't know what's causing that inconsistency if you have if you have the entire letters written out you can compare it with the student be like how did you do this versus what i did where did you mess up on the math that's That's one big thing that i did another thing that i am still trying to learn to do is how to apply these kind of watching um topics i guess practically so into the real world that comes a little more difficult to me i had a friend who was really really good at that Whereas I was good at the math part right there, you know? Um, so if somebody tells you how, there's, guess, a uh, refrigerator works, if you take that same sort of mechanism behind it and try to think what else works that same way, I can't easily apply mm-hmm. that to a different machinery, you know? Whereas yeah. if you can, that will also benefit you. But that's not something that you can learn really quickly, but it's something right. that you can try to gain or try to, I guess, teach yourself as you go through the class and nobody taught me that. But if mm-hmm. I were to, then I would try to do that. I wouldn't know how, so maybe it would need a little more guidance. But. That's a pretty good point. Yeah, I like that you mentioned like just doing your math in an organized way. Like I think, yeah, it, things could get really messy and like by one time, you're not even going to know what you're doing anymore. So it's <laughs> a good point. Yeah, even with the symbols, sometimes it gets that far. So it's yeah. even more crazy with just numbers. Yeah. Um, I wanted to go off of that. Uh, sorry, the last point that you made about oh, like going, not really knowing how to extend your thought process on, um, like you were mentioning. Sorry, like the mechanisms of one thing and mm-hmm. seeing how to connect to... it to something else. Okay, yeah. Um, so like. I guess, would you, how would you go about that? Like, is there a way, like maybe researching methods online? Like, I don't know, like personally, like for our field in data science, if I need to understand how something works in something else, I just read articles and like try to figure it out that way. Do you have any like advice on how to do it in your field? Um, I'm still trying to learn that. So mm-hmm. I personally don't know as much, but I know for my friend who can do it really well, it's because he's just been so knowledgeable about mm-hmm. all these. Like he knows a lot about how they work. So whenever he is taught a process, he's like, oh, it's similar to this. Mm-hmm. But I'm not really sure like, oh, this is how like the water goes through mm-hmm. the fridge to mm-hmm. go to the ice yeah. cream, like, you know? So that's relatable, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I think another yeah. question, which would be like super interesting to know about is like, uh, you kind of said like you have some influences in your life who kind of and you spoke about your uh, prof- like teacher in physics and stuff but um, I think can you like talk about like how you someone how, like the the people and like kind of the influences you had to decide your specialization your chem like you said, you said you had a specialization in your major like what kind of influenced you to go to that like any people or like experiences or such 
well, I'll, I'm going to backtrack a little, if you don't mind, back to what yeah. influenced me to get into Chem E. So it was actually that physics professor. Because okay. I guess he pushed me to stay in that mm-hmm. AP physics class, but I had no physics background before any calculus. <laughs> but he was like, he came to me, I remember, at the beginning of my second semester, because my school was semesters back then. And it was like, yeah. out of all the people that were in the first semester, I was hoping at least you would stay because I still see potential in you. It was very encouraging and um, even though like I wasn't doing well he would always like show my lab reports and he'd be like this is what you could have done better and then I remember the very first homework assignment in the very first quarter or semester um, I came to him and I was like I don't know how to do this because it was calculus based it was mm-hmm. as simple as power rule but I hadn't learned it yet in my mm-hmm. AB calc because even now in calc or physics C for universities, they would need you to pass the derivative-based calculus mm-hmm. before going into it. But I was in that class. So he was like, if you ever need math, I will teach you. And after that, he would always like try to teach me the math if he knew that there was math in there that he knew that I didn't learn because he was also teaching that AP math or AB class, uh, calculus AB. He would turn right. aside and be like, here, let me teach you this so you know how to do it. And so I guess that and him showing how to go through the math through symbols also pushed me because then I was like wow when I backtracked later in life I was like I guess that was the reason because if I'd never taken that physics class I probably wouldn't have gotten into engineering and so then to answer your question about the specialization it was I think I needed electives and I was going through the electives that I wanted and the electives that I like to take most nearly fit in that specialization so then I was like I might as well finish the specialization so it wasn't a professor or a person it was mainly classes that interest me okay that's super cool yeah it's really inspiring actually to hear that your professor kind of pushed you along and you took that through your entire career so far that's nice yeah I actually didn't realize that until getting this degree I was like wow I guess that was the go-getter like pusher yeah that's awesome (laughs) It's always that one professor okay. inspires yeah. us all to go. And I think it's super, like, I think our teachers kind of inspire us to kind of push ourselves to do our best. And that's, that's I think that's been a huge constant in all of our lives, I guess. Hopefully there are some students who don't get that and mm-hmm. not, yeah, it's not fair to them, but. Um, so since we've talked a lot about your educational background, I guess we can move on to like what your job search has been so far with the COVID pandemic and just like how that's going. Um, so for me, I personally wouldn't say that it's going as well as I wanted. Mm-hmm. I don't hear back from many people. Um, it's much easier to, I guess, hear back from somebody if you have a connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have many of those connections. So I don't, I haven't heard back from many people, which is why I decided just to go straight back into school to pursue Mm -hmm. a MS degree. And I recently applied to USC and I got my acceptance like a couple, like a week ago or something. So that was that. (laughs) And um, yeah, and then I applied to two other schools and so waiting on that. But I do have an interview next week, so we're hoping for the best. Wow, congrats on your acceptance and good luck on your interview. That's really exciting. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's actually super interesting. So in terms, I think kind of just going off what you said. So do you think 
how do you think your master's degree is going to like i think for us also i had a similar situation like i went directly into masters directly after graduating because also and a huge reason for that was the covid pandemic so mm-hmm. i think i had a similar situation with you that i i mean i graduated with you we were in the same <laughs> class yeah yeah but i think what's super interesting is that uh, a lot of people from grad school like even right now uh, I, i'm an msb ambassador so when we had interview we were kind of interviewing some people for the program and kind of seeing like what if they want to join and stuff most of them said that they wouldn't want to join during the covid pandemic and the thing is like yeah it's been tough online but it's not been that bad like it's been a lot more interactive like i have never met meera in person ever till now yeah. i think i'm still like i'm still able to like work with her on homework and stuff and we have a good friendship at this point like i can talk to her about classes and like we like it's been pretty good so i think it's if you do end up going to grad school at usc you'll have a really good experience there too i hope so, so. i'm trying to go cuz it would be for the fall so mm. it would be rem- not remote i want to go in person that's the hope even uc i ha- even all the ucs have said that hopefully by the fall things will be in person so hoping for the best uh but stay at home and say wear mask guys yeah, uh, yes <laughs> but that's uh, really cool how you guys like i guess met through a remote starting like yeah. a uh, grad school remote where you met through it somehow because i know you're probably on a zoom call with just a bunch of random people and somehow yeah. became friends and now you guys are doing a podcast so that's really really cool i know i was just going to say we've never met we're doing a podcast together so it's a successful friendship yeah i agree yeah i believe it i believe it i've seen so, it kind of going off what minutes. you just said yeah we almost done we almost done so kind of just going off what you said um I think the last last question I asked you was like uh, some advice that you had. Now, do you have any like set of skills which you think an every chemical engineer should possess, and maybe like what they should work on building up more? Like the one thing which you said was trying to convert like math into simple language for people to understand. So something like anything more which you want to say about, and then we can probably wrap up. Yeah, um, no, I wasn't trying to rush you. I was just saying uh, I saw you guys as friends. I've just seen you guys together for thirty five minutes and saw a good friendship. That's what I was. same time for but yeah to answer your question um a lot of it is a lot of problem solving and critical thinking like going from senior year to my first year of college where i just took a bunch of gen like chem gen math mm-hmm. all those like general classes that you probably would have taken part of them as aps in high school right. right to going to my first engineering class we all hit a snag that year because we we had not learned how to think like an engineer yet. Okay. So that first year uh would be very difficult for a chemical engineer if they get really I guess down about that they're not getting good grades like I didn't do so well that year or that semester because you just don't know how to think like an engineer. You don't know how to I guess critically think. That's like a very very big skill that you would need to grasp. you need to think of issues that are occurring i guess in a process like why a process isn't giving you the components that you need with the correct compositions or why a machine is not i guess acting the way you want to do it you guys are both um you guys know code right so yeah. i guess i'll talk to you about this in coding if you guys are trying to run a code and it's not working you guys have to go through the code right mm-hmm. to figure out what the issue is it's kind of like the same thing you guys have to critically think through it and figure out what part of the process is not working right mm-hmm. and in order for you to do that you need to learn the concepts behind it and so something that i think 
engineers should have is that problem solving skill, that critical thinking skill, be able to think at every step of the way what should be happening and what is happening in this process. And be able to, I guess, take a problem because it's going to be different from doing textbook problems to actually do applying it, you know, because it's always going to be a match. So for actually applying, it should be knowing that problem solving skill. It's also the same for textbooks, I guess, but it's just going to be applied differently. So yeah, I guess to wrap that up, it would be a lot of problem solving, critical thinking. There are more, but that's what I got highlighted out of my undergrad. That's a pretty good point. Uh, uh, where can like our listeners reach you and connect with you online if they want to reach out to you for more? Any questions or advice? I am on LinkedIn. Um, I actually forgot my LinkedIn username. Uh, the LinkedIn but URL will be in the in our description mm-hmm. of the podcast. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll <laughs> give that LinkedIn URL to you guys. Sorry. This yeah, was thanks. very fun. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. You give a lot of good insights into your field. Thank you so much for your time. And I think it was really, it's always great fun talking to you, Brinda. Uh, for context, she is my friend from freshman year. So it's been a really good experience talking with her about her career and stuff. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Always nice. fun talking to you and nice meeting you. Yeah, yeah nice time. meeting you too. <laughs> uh, that was fun. Well, thank you guys for listening and hope you have a good day. See you next time. Yeah, see you guys.